IndyCar fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. The NTT IndyCar Series heads to Texas Motor Speedway for Sunday's Expel 375. It's the second race of the 2022 season and the first on an oval. For seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion and second-year IndyCar driver Jimmy Johnson, it will be his first IndyCar race on an oval. Johnson is competing for the full season in IndyCar after running 12 street and road course races in 2021. It's a chance for the 46-year-old Johnson to display what he did best as a seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion. That's racing toward the front on an oval, and it comes at one of his most successful tracks from his NASCAR career. Johnson won a NASCAR record seven races at Texas Motor Speedway in a career that began in 2002 and ended at the end of the 2021 season. His track record seven wins rank fourth among his career victories at a single track. Johnson won 11 times at Dover, nine times at Martinsville, and eight times at Charlotte. No other cup driver has won more than four at Texas. Johnson also owns the track's series records for consecutive wins with three, laps led with 1,152, and top five finishes with 16 in 35 career starts. Although Johnson's number 48 Carvana American Legion Honda at Chip Ganassi Racing is a much different racing machine than the famed number 48 Chevrolet drove at Hendrick Motorsports, Johnson is hopeful he can translate his oval racing expertise to the IndyCar. Here's my exclusive Pit Pass Indy interview with Johnson as he heads to the high banks of Texas Motor Speedway. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is a second-year IndyCar Series driver, but he's also a seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion. Jimmy Johnson, you're back for year two in the IndyCar Series. You're going to run every race. How does that feel to know that you're going to be in there week after week battling it out with everybody else in the sport? Yeah, it's, it's super exciting. I honestly did not think I would be racing full-time anywhere after my, my Cup career ended. Um, but I've just had so much fun um, being a part of the IndyCar paddock, driving for Chip Ganassi Racing. Certainly learned a lot last year about the IndyCar series, and um, it just kind of brought my attention to the ovals and wanting to run full-time. And then uh, here we are. You know, it took a lot of work to get it done, and I have to give a shout-out to Tony Kanon and thank him for his understanding. And, um, you know, we're, we're here, so very excited about it. You're going to get to run on the ovals beginning at Texas Motor Speedway. You know that track very well. You've had multiple wins there in NASCAR Cup. So how excited are you to turn that uh, number 48 Honda loose 
on an oval. Yeah, in general, I'm really excited about the ovals. I've won 82 cup races on ovals and only won uh, one road course. So, you know, very excited about um, what I feel will be a performance increase and a competitive, uh, you know, performance increase for myself. But as everybody in this series uh, thinks, it's working me towards the Indy 500. Um, so I, I think that rep at Indy on a fast oval will help me be better prepared and, and ready to go for the Indy 500. Even though that track is shaped completely different than the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, what can you learn at Texas that will help you when you get to Indy? Trying to find the, the balance of the car that I need recalibrating my senses to these higher g-forces and and understanding um you know where the edge is in one of these cars nascar were very well known for letting the rear end slide around to try to steer the car and create speed and that is not the way you do it in an indy car so i have to recalibrate my senses a bit um so I, you know there, there's a lot of learning that needs to happen I, I think traffic is also a big piece to to figure out and understand what these cars do in traffic at those speeds i've never experienced that either and also you'll get a chance with the high speed pit stops on an oval and refueling and things of that nature. So does that really help you when you get to Indy for the test in April? Yeah, it really does. I mean, as a fan watching all these years, their pit ins and pit outs look very treacherous, especially the way they use the, the, the flat part of turns three and four in Texas, using access roads on, on other racetracks. Um, so I, I need reps at doing that. And we all know if you're gonna have a shot at winning, you've got to execute from the green flag to the checkered, and that includes pit stops and green flag pit stops. So uh, there, there's a lot to learn and excited to, to kind of get reps in all departments and all areas before I head to Indy. How much more confident are you in season two than you were your rookie season. Well, as Pato Award just mentioned, I'm, I'm going to be so much more confident. But yeah, w without a doubt. I mean, I, I knew where to come this weekend. I knew where to park. I knew how to walk in. Uh, I know the, the corner numbers. I know my crew. Uh, so so this year, you know, granted we haven't started yet, but I, I feel much more confident. Well, also, when you arrived at St. Petersburg in 2021, I think you even said your goal was to not impede the guys running for the race victory. So when you returned, your, what is your attitude when you returned to St. Pete, what you wanted to do? I'm sure that at this point, it was let's get out there and race with them. Right. I think ultimately my goal is, is to break into the top 15 as early as I can uh, at the start of the season on street and road courses. And I think that really starts on, on Saturday with qualifying. So qualifying further up in the field than using my race craft and experience from last year to, to try to aim for a top 15 than a top 10. Also, Carvana and the American Legion are two very important partners with you. I know you're going to be doing more things with the Legion. If you could explain to us uh, what some of those things are in 2022. I have such an incredible year in 2021 learning about the American Legion, working with them and the Legionnaires. And you know, with my military ties that I have and the um, ability to raise awareness and funds for charities and causes that I'm interested in, the Jimmy Johnson Foundation is going to support the American Legion. Uh, we're going to be active in fundraising and also spreading the good word about what they do. So I'm uh, just very excited for 2022 and the expanded relationship with the American Legion. You can refer to him now as an IndyCar veteran, Jimmy Johnson. Good luck this season, and thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Good deal. Thank you. One of Johnson's teammates at Chip Ganassi Racing is six-time IndyCar Series champion Scott Dixon. He is a five-time winner at Texas in an IndyCar and hopes to drive the number nine PNC Bank Honda to win number six at Texas this Sunday. 
Dixon's three most recent victories at TMS have all come in the past four years. He won in 2018, 2020, and one of the two races in last year's doubleheader. Dixon believes a race on an oval is very important for IndyCar heading into the 106th Indianapolis 500 in May. We touch on that and other topics on this interview for Pit Pass Indy. Joining us now is six-time NTT IndyCar Series champion, one of the all-time great drivers in IndyCar history, Scott Dixon, driver of the number nine PNC Bank Honda at Chip Ganassi Racing. Did I get all the high points in? Joe, man, you did good. Well done. Hey, we've already started the season at St. Pete. We're heading to Texas for the first oval race of the season. How important is that race going to be to prepare for the Indy 500? Uh, I think Texas is actually changing quite a bit this year. You know, we're not doing two races. We're doing a race, and it's, you know, very uh, kind of during the day, but it's also very early in the season. Plus, there are a ton of um, ton of actual aero changes to the car, uh, which will be interesting, I think, for a lot of people, whether you get to test uh, or whether you had been able to test or not previously to it. So, I don't know. Texas is always uh, very difficult with, you know, trying to get qualifying right. Uh, the amount of track time that you don't really get and then obviously with big changes thrown in there. So, I don't know. I love that race. It's a, it's a lot of fun. With an oval that is so different from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but yet it's important to have an oval race before Indy, why is that? Uh, well, I think for everybody just to, you know, one, even if it's to the small amount of uh, spatial awareness and, you know, getting in the swing of uh, ovals and maybe, you know, even getting off the track and onto pit road and things like that and how, you know, how hard it is to even stop the car on the pit box and things like that. So, you know, I think for all of us, it's nice to get some track time uh, before the 500, even though during the month of May, uh, you do get, you know, uh, quite a few laps to, to run at Indianapolis, you know, obviously before the race. So, you know, I love ovals. I feel like we, we still need a lot more of them on the schedule. And hopefully in the near future, we'll get, uh, we'll get some of those back on. But, you know, Texas gives you that flow of what you need to be doing for the 500. Now, because of that, how important is that two-day test at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? It's going to be held after Easter. Yeah, that test can always be tricky just in how the weather is. You know, I think it's uh, early April or no, it's late April actually. So, you know, trying to uh, make sure you get through, you know, the test in general. You know, the weather in Indy can be um, very up and down that time of year. If it's not raining, it could be very cold. So hopefully we hit that right and it's out of our control. Um, but yeah, I think each year every team has a long list of stuff. You know, it's it's the marquee event. It's the biggest race in the world and everybody wants to win it. So, you know, from our side... It's 100% focus on, on that test, and then obviously uh, if that goes well, it can lead you into a, a great uh, month of May. Hey, going back to Texas, it's one of the more fun races uh, to celebrate in Victory Lane. They give you a cowboy hat. They give you guns to shoot off. How cool is that? You've gotten to do that here a couple of times the last couple of years. Yeah, it's always a lot of fun. Texas, you know, I think just, um, you know, from the first day I went to that race, um, you know, in the early 2000s to, to where we are now. And it is one of the most unique, I think, uh, celebrations or, or victory lanes. As you said, you know, we're in a cowboy hat, you know, firing guns. There's fire going yeah, off behind you in victory you, you lane. Know, you're getting melted. So yeah. it's, it's uh, there's nothing quite like it. So, you know, I uh, definitely have a, a soft spot for, for Texas. Uh, I think we've won there maybe five times, so it's been a great place uh, for the team. I think they've won there a load, so, you know, uh, hopefully we can go back and repeat this year. Speaking of nothing quite like it, I guess you could say that about the grid. 
for IndyCar this year. There's a lot of great drivers that are now full-season competitors. The addition of Roman Grosjean as a full-time competitor at Andretti. Jimmy Johnson's going to run every race at Chip Ganassi Racing. The grid just seems to be getting deeper and deeper, but you keep battling off these new guys and still getting victories. Well, I hope so. We'll see. Um, yeah, I think this year, you know, even if you look at full season entrance with 26, you know, it's it's uh, crazy how, you know, the depth of the field has got so strong. But then, you know, I think if you look at um, the driver team combos, there's been a lot of changes for people that have been in the series, but then a lot of new additions too and a lot of Europeans coming over. So uh, it's huge for the sport. Um, it definitely... Uh, you know, it's going to make the season exciting, I think, for the fans or for everybody involved. And, and um, yeah, I don't know. The competition is through the roof right now. And just the vibe in general seems to be so positive. You were in the old Indy Racing League when that wasn't always the case. Just how much has this sport really grown since you joined? Uh, yeah, it's, you know, I think... Well, from the first time and being in CART, you know, it's kind of reminiscent of CART and the depth that CART had, you know, kind of in the early 2000s, late 90s. Um, don't get me wrong, you know, I think the, the pointy end of the field is always super, you know, competitive and, and super tough. But, you know, I think what's changed now is just the depth of the field is so strong. You know, you, you're looking at, you know, 15 or more driver team combos that have a legitimate shot of doing really well and fighting for a championship, you know. So uh, I think that's exciting. It's great for the sport, and, and hopefully they can keep building on that. For any driver that wants to win the 2022 NTT IndyCar Series Championship, they're going to have to beat this guy first. It's six-time champion Scott Dixon, Chip Ganassi Racing. Good luck this season. Thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Thanks, mate. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com 
or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Welcome back to this edition of Pit Pass Indy. It's time to switch gears and talk to two drivers who are friends racing in different series. NASCAR Cup Series driver Daniel Suarez and IndyCar's Pato Award are both from Monterey, Mexico, and have become fast friends. Although the two drivers have not competed in the same racing divisions on their climb up the racing ranks, they remain very good friends. First up is my interview with Award, who began the season with a 12th place finish for Aero McLaren SP. In addition to his friendship with Suarez, the IndyCar race at Texas Motor Speedway is popular with the growing Hispanic community of race fans, as Award tells me in this exclusive interview. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Pato Award of Monterey, Mexico. Pato, I had an interview at Daytona with a, a driver you know very well, Daniel Suarez. You two know each other pretty well. You keep up with each other's careers. What's your relationship like with Daniel Suarez, and how did it begin? Yeah, man, we're, we're actually very good friends. Uh, we are both from the same city in, in Monterey, Mexico, and we actually started at the same track. Uh, we've been growing up together. He's always been a little bit higher class than me just because he's older. Um, but we've been, we've been knowing each other for so many years. Sadly, I haven't been able to see him much besides usually in December at the end of each year. Um, but man, great guy, great family. Uh, really respect him. And yeah, I mean, I'd love to see him. I'd I, I love to see IndyCar and NASCAR at similar events more to be able to to, to see him and just truly chat of, you know, what how his year's going and all that. Was he a bit of a hero to you? Ah, uh, no, because Daniel was always very close to my ascension into IndyCar. So honestly, I've always viewed him as a friend. I uh, like I, I respect him a lot for, for what he has done in NASCAR. And I think he feels the same way to me. Um, I was more of the era of, uh, you know, Hamilton, Alonso, kind of 2012-ish era, Dixon Power, yeah. What do you think of the world that he's in compared to the world that you're in? Um, I think they have a lot of similarities in a way. Uh, they're all, they're both American-based. Um, they obviously are very different cars. Um, but some teams that have teams in IndyCar have had in NASCAR, uh, some still currently have. So I feel like there's a lot of crossovers there. With you in IndyCar and Daniel Suarez in NASCAR, has that kind of made uh, auto racing a sport that a lot of people in Monterey pay attention to now? Um, I feel like it's not enough, honestly. I, I don't think it's, it, uh, it gets the attention that it should. It's very Formula One based, to be fairly honest with you. Well, first of all, it's soccer. And after soccer, it's Formula One. Um, so... I, I, I am I, I am trying for it to grow. Uh, it's definitely grown quite a bit, uh, but it's it's definitely not to the point where it should be, in my opinion. Coming up next on the schedule is going to be a racetrack where you've won at Texas Motor Speedway. How excited are you to get back there for the second race of the season? Ah, uh, man, it's it's kind of like a home race for me. It's the closest race that I have to home, and uh, yeah, I've, I've I've always enjoyed going there because. I feel like it's a, it's, a, it's a track that requires a lot of commitment and uh, it's just quick, man. It, it, you can really appreciate the speed of an IndyCar around there. And do you feel that that will be a very good tune-up for you 
going back to Indy where you ran pretty well there last year. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think for sure it's that's the goal, right? Uh, every year is going to be different, but yeah, looking forward to it. And also, how do you feel uh, just looking at your season, the championship? Everybody's got you pegged to be one of the guys fighting it out on the last race of the season for the title. That's the that's the plan, right? I mean, I feel like we've we've raised the bar for ourselves quite high. Uh, so nothing's left but the but the big ones, right? Another shot at the 500, another shot at the championship, and let's see what we can pull off. And also leading into this season, there's more of a McLaren influence on your team than ever before. There are 70% owners in the team. You're going to get a lot more technology transfer from the McLaren guys into your team. How valuable is that going to be? I think it's going to be huge. I don't think it's something that we're going to notice uh soon 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 i think it's going to be very helpful on the long run um so i you know i think we just need to keep keep doing what we what we have been doing and and try and stay as consistent as we can in a lot of ways the off season's flown right on by i'm sure that's very good for you but now we're back to racing and just how big is that for paddle Award? i'm ready to go man i'm ready to go i've been ready to go since the since the since my race ended in long beach in 21. <laughs> Keep an eye on him for the championship. It's Pato Award, Arrow McLaren Racing, Arrow McLaren SP, that is. Good luck this season, and uh, thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Thanks, man. Next up is Daniel Suarez, driver of the number 99 Comscope Chevrolet for Trackhouse Racing and famed entertainer Pitbull. Suarez finished fourth at Auto Club Speedway in Fontana, California on February 27th and ninth this past Sunday at Phoenix Raceway. The 30-year-old driver from Monterey, Mexico has competed in 183 NASCAR Cup Series races with 10 top five and 38 top 10 finishes. Suarez won three races in 84 NASCAR Xfinity Series starts from 2014 to 2018, with all three wins coming in the 2016 season. Suarez talks about his friendship with Award and his racing career in this exclusive interview for Pit Pass Indy. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to talk to a NASCAR Sprint Cup Series driver. It's Daniel Suarez of Trackhouse Racing. Daniel is the only driver in the NASCAR Cup Series from Mexico. You were boyhood friends with Pato Award, and I know that you've raced against each other in the past. How well do you know Pato, and what do you think of his, so far, what's been a pretty impressive career in IndyCar? Yeah, well, we never raced each other because um, I... I am like five years older than him, uh, but we, we grew up pretty much in the same city, actually with the same race team as well. So we know very well from that. Uh, he's, he's a great guy. Uh, he's a very talented race car driver. I think he has a, a bright future in, 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 uh, in IndyCar. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we, we go way back. Uh, looking forward to, to continue to see his success in the IndyCar. In a lot of ways, were you a little bit of a mentor for him since you were five years older when he was coming up through the ranks? Did he talk to you a lot or did you help him out? No, not really. And I want to tell you why. You know, my my family, uh, we, we grew up in the same place and we had the same team. But uh, Pato was very fortunate that he was able to race a lot of international races. I couldn't do it. Like my family couldn't afford it. So, so we were friends, uh, but we never really race together much or we never really did a lot of events together because most of the time he was 
doing a lot of international races, uh, which I wasn't doing very much. Uh, when I was doing it, he wasn't doing them for some reason. But but we knew each other very well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I know his family extremely well as well. Great people. And, uh, yeah, I think I think uh, it's very cool to see him have success in, uh, in IndyCar. He also spent some time growing up in the United States. Uh, what's it been like? How have you been able to keep in touch with each other? And do you keep in touch with him today? I do, I do, yeah. And, and uh, uh, right now he lives in Indianapolis. I think he, back then he used to live, I think, in, in, in Houston or Dallas or something like that. Um, that's that's the, one of the reasons why he was able to race a lot of international races. He was already living in the U.S. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, yeah, we, we stay in, in, in touch. He's, he's a good guy, and uh, hopefully we can uh, spend some more time together. Actually, we spent some time together in the Indianapolis race when we had a doubleheader with IndyCar and uh, NASCAR, we, we spent some time there. It was it was a good time. Your careers went down different paths. You've come to NASCAR. He's an IndyCar. He had a test with McLaren in the Formula One car at the end of last season. When you see the talent and the potential that both of you have, how much do you think that this is a great time for racing fans in Mexico to be able to look at NASCAR and IndyCar and know that they have a driver from their home country that they can root for. I definitely agree. I think it's a, it's a, it's a great time for, uh, for, for the Hispanic community, you know, to see, you know, the, the driver that we have. I mean, especially talking from, from Mexico, you know, with myself in NASCAR, with, uh, with Pato in IndyCar, with Checo in, in Formula One. I feel like we have the best series in the world cover. And I feel very, very proud of that. At one time, were you interested in a formula career? I never really had an opportunity for that. You know, it, it requires a lot of money and a lot of sponsorship. And, and my family, they just, they just didn't have it. And um, I, I was going to be lucky if I, actually, if I was making it into racing, period. So to think about Europe, to think about open wheel, it was just way too much money for, for, for my... my uh, you know, it, it just wasn't on my cards. What was it about stock cars that attracted you to that in terms of the actual style of racing? Well, it's, it's, it's just completely different. You know, stock car racing, in my opinion, is, is, is difficult because these cars are heavy, are, are difficult to drive. Um, open wheels are a race car that are made to, to go fast and they have a lot of downforce and stuff like that. So, so that, that, they're different. Uh, I think that if you put a, an, an IndyCar driver into a NASCAR, I think it's going to struggle. And I think that if you put a NASCAR driver into IndyCar, I think it's going to struggle. So it's it just, it just quite different forms of racing. So what is it about Pato's ability in an IndyCar and in other forms of open-wheel racing that have really impressed you? Well, he's, he's a good driver. I think I think a, a good driver, it can be good on anything. It just takes some time. And obviously, uh, you know, he has done a very good job in open-wheel. That's, that's what he has done his entire life. And uh, and he has done an incredible job in IndyCar so far. And when you look at his career, two years ago, he finished fifth in the IndyCar Championship. Last year, he entered the final race of the season, the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach, second in the standings. He got surpassed uh, for second place at the end of the season by Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske, finished third. But how many of those races were you able to watch him race? And what really jumped out at you about how he did in, on the track? Not many of those races because, uh, you know, we race the entire time, you know. Uh, most of the time he's racing on, on, on Sundays and I'm racing on Sundays too. When, when he was racing on, on, 
on Saturdays. I, I was able to watch some of those races, but uh, but yeah, I, I tried to follow as, as as much as I can. Now, when you were growing up in Mexico, there was some drivers that performed in the United States, Michelle Jordan and, and some others, that Jose Le Garza way back when. Who were the drivers that were your heroes in Mexico? I just didn't have one, you know. I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I follow a lot of them. Uh, you know, Adrian Fernandez, Michelle Jordan, all these guys, I follow them. But uh, but I, I wouldn't call them heroes, you know, because at the time I just didn't even know if I was going to be able to pursue a racing career. I didn't know if it was possible for me. So... So yeah, my I would say my hero was my dad for all the support he gave me. Wherever Pato goes, he has meets a lot of uh, Hispanic uh, fans, Mexican American fans. What's that like when the same thing happens with you that they go to a race and they know that they've got somebody that they take personal pride into cheering for? Yeah, it's definitely very special. You know, it's very very special. Uh, you know, to be to be that one driver that they can connect with, that they can feel the representation. And uh, and I feel very proud to be able to be that one. Daniel Suarez of Trackhouse Racing, Friends with Paddle Award of the NTT IndyCar Series. Good luck this season in the NASCAR Cup Series. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. We want to thank our guest, seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion and second-year IndyCar driver Jimmy Johnson, six-time IndyCar Series champion and five-time Texas Motor Speedway winner Scott Dixon. Pato Award of Aero McLaren SP and a special thanks to NASCAR driver Daniel Suarez for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin, and final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.